Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell coming to you from Houston. Excited to be down here to welcome in our next granddaughter and and to start the book of Joshua. So as we continue to read and encourage the reading of God's word, prayerfully reading through God's word, making a a good habit of doing it, doing it daily, doing it often, even daily, so that we get better at it and that we can feast on God's Word. So that's what we're trying to do, and now we're in the book of Joshua since we've done four of the other five books that start the Bible out, the Torah, and doing a flyover of numbers. So if you're interested in verse by verse of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. That's what we've done. Numbers, we do more of a flyover. And Joshua will start off anyway with a verse by verse. A lot in the book of Joshua. It's obviously a continuation of what has been happening with the people of Israel in exile, coming out of the desert, coming into the promised land, and Moses is not able to lead them because of his lashing out at God or his his uncontrolled anger, if you will. So now Joshua, who was probably around 40 when he spied on the promised land, and he and Caleb said, hey, we can do this with God, anything is possible. The other 10 tribes voted them down, the other 10 spies. So they did not go into the promised land. And they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years while that entire generation passed away except for Joshua and Caleb. So Joshua and Caleb get to go into the promised land. Moses does not. Moses' brother Aaron, the first high priest, does not. He's already passed away. Now Moses has passed away. Joshua will lead them. And that's where we are as this story continues. And this is quite the epic and could be read a little bit more read like history, um, but very literal. So that's the um, a little bit different than maybe some of the other books. So it's an interesting, interesting book. So let's, let's jump right on in here. Joshua chapter one, verse one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, Moses being the servant of the Lord, sorry. The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all of this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall come, you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. 
being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we'll stop stop there so that's just the first nine verses of joshua and we can already start to see a theme here that god is clearly sending joshua in as the leader he's clearly directing them to go into the promised land across the jericho he's going to start to lay out uh details about that and then they're going to do it and that's the first half of the book basically them conquering the land but what's interesting here and thinking through this is that God has said here are here's how I want you to do it here's the attitude I want you to take do not be uh, do not be afraid be be very courageous also be careful to do according to all the land all the law sorry all the law um, that Moses has commanded um, don't turn to the left don't turn to the right so being very courageous, uh, being strong in, in your attitude that I am the man, this is what we're going to do, and to step forward in that, and that's going to take courage. And it's interesting that <clears throat> this is what's going to make him successful. God's going to go forward and set everything up so that he will win, but he has to take the steps. He has to move forward. And I think often many, many of us fall into the trap of thinking, well, I guess God's going to do that. Anyway, I can, I don't have to sit back. I don't have to worry about it. I can sit back. So there's, there's that attitude. That's the wrong attitude. Yes, God is going to accomplish his work. Don't you want to be a part of it? Don't you want to move forward with all that God has uh, for his kingdom and for those who move forward in building his kingdom. So there's a great responsibility on our part to do what we know is right, to do what we know is best. And we need to realize that it takes courage and that it can be frightful and that you can have a wrong attitude. And that attitude can cause you to not do what's right and even fade from it. And so move to the left or to the right, or maybe in a sense to move backward. So there is a moving forward, not to the left, not to the right, but moving forward, obeying God, trusting God. And that takes courage. It takes strength. Um, and matter of fact, the courage has to be very courageous and we need to be very careful and we need to be strong. And that's what, he will be commanded time and time again. He will be encouraged uh, in those in those areas. And so for us, even as we're reading God's word, you know, we could, this could be a prayer. Lord, help help us to be 
to be strong and courageous as I read your word. Help me to be strong and courageous as I act upon what you call me to do. Um, and help me in my actions and my attitude and in my moving forward to obey all that you have for me, obeying the law. And so there's, we, we live in the new covenant and in the new covenant, some of the new things, for instance, is to love your enemy. Well, why do you know, that's hard. I mean, that, right. How can that be? It's not supposed to be easy. We're supposed to be courageous and be strong in loving our enemies. But that can be maybe the hardest thing because then we get mad at God that we have enemies or that there are people that don't think like we do. And that's the the reality of this broken world is that we need to realize that uh, the people matter. <clears throat> that in a thousand years from now, your bank account won't matter. Your real estate won't matter. Your whatever won't matter. If you write a book, it won't be in existence probably. Uh, think about what books do we have that we talk about that are more than, say, 500 years old. Not many. I, I mean, there's the Bible. Uh, Aesop's Fable, right? There's a couple of others. Some of Shakespeare's, I guess Shakespeare would be right around 500 years old. Um, and a few others. But really books that are two, three hundred years old, there's not many that have passed the test of time. So yours probably won't pass that test of time, especially a thousand years. Um, pictures of you, paintings of you, all these things that uh, I mean, we just, there's not much of an interest of people that lived a thousand years ago. Now that historians will study some aspects of history and get really deep into it and come up with great stories for all of us to, to read to our kids. But <clears throat> what really matters is the people that you touch because that's what goes into eternity with us is people and for those of us who are the body of christ the church how we love one another that's how people will know that we are his by our love for one another but also um, realizing that our enemy is not flesh and blood and so how we treat other people who may not yet be a part of the family but who might one day be or even will never be how we treat them matters joshua is about to lead the people in they're going to crush people as God tells them to crush them. And that is not the way God does things today with his people. We're to crush them with love, which I think we're doing a really bad job of in most cases. We have a lot of sincerity in doing good. And it's interesting that, you know, there are some things that people are doing that because I know those people, I know, I feel like what they're doing is good, but it may not be best. And to remember that all people, all of us are fall short of the glory of God. And so just because you know somebody and you think, and you know they're sincere in what they're doing, it may not be what they're doing, may not actually be for God's glory and for the kingdom building of God. So that's the tricky part, right? Us humans get in the way. And when we get in the way of God being glorified, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So Joshua is to move forward without getting the glory. God's going to get the glory. Joshua does a pretty good job, I think, continuing to play second fiddle, if you will. He was Moses' assistant. 
he will stand up and lead courageously for the most part. And he doesn't try to steal any of the glory from God or even from Moses. But it's going to be interesting to watch Joshua as he moves through this and as we move through it. So God, just help us as we move through the book of Joshua. Bless our time together. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day.